Good afternoon. I'm Susan Solomon, a member of the Budget and Audit uh, Board, Budget and Audit Committee meet, committee, and I call this meeting to order. Mrs. Stebbon, can you please call the roll? Certainly. Trustee Solomon? Present. Trustee Martinez? Here. And I showed that Trustee or Chair Williams is absent. You have quorum. Thank you. And I will be um, chairing uh, in her place for this meeting. Uh, All right, with that, I am going to move to the land acknowledgement. I'm so sorry, uh, Chair Solomon. Yes. Um, student trustee Brad. Right. Um, so actually, I just wanted to say, mark me absent for all board meetings today. I'm walking out in the name of diversity, equity, inclusion as an active anti-racist in support of human lives. Thank you. Thank you. We are going to move to the land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramitushaloni, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land, in accordance with their traditions, the Ramitushaloni have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. I also want to acknowledge what an extraordinarily difficult and painful time this is. Um, I will miss the student voice of student trustee Brandt. I understand why she needs to needs to do what she is doing right now. These are times when we have to make sure we um, do what needs to be done. And if there's anybody who cannot be present, there's every reason to understand why. Uh, I will now, um, yeah, it's a hard time. It's very hard. Is there any public comment for items not on the agenda. We have Mrs. one public Stephan. comment, Mary Brave Woman. Thank you. Mary, you can start now. Good afternoon, trustees. 
I'm sure it's frustrating wondering what was going on, why, why we're just waiting there in silence for me to speak. Now imagine waiting nearly nine months to see movement in contract negotiations, especially out of being contract out of contract for nearly three years. Faculty are currently at a negative 9% of where they were three years ago when it comes to compensation. I want you all to know that while the individuals present at the for the district's team uh, at Monday's bargaining session this week did their best, but they have been wholly deprived of the tools that would empower them to bargain in good faith. John Alamine and Chancellor Martin continue to brazenly engage in bad faith labor negotiations and will be the sole individuals responsible for taking these parties down the road to impasse. However, trustees, you have the ability to help us change course. Question the assumptions and methods that go into building a budget which continues to limit services to students and denies employees the compensation they deserve. You can do this by setting policy that prioritizes the true mission of this college and the people whose lives depend on her. Right now, the blame lies at the feet of the chancellor and Dr. Alamine. If you do nothing, then it lies at yours. That concludes the public comment. Thank you. We are going to move to the uh, agendized item um, items. There are two. Uh, are, is there any public comment for items that are not on the agenda, that are on the agenda, pardon me, before we move to that? We do have for 4B. Thank um, you. Uh, we'll take the public comment now. Unless the person prefers, uh, sometimes I, I like to hear what people have to say, but if I know there are some speakers who prefer to hear what we have to say first. So I'm going to give the preference to the speaker, whoever it is. Susanna Atwood. Okay, so before we move to B, do you wish to speak before we begin that discussion? That's what I was thinking in my awkward way of expressing that. So A, monthly purchase order reports for September of 2023. Um, Certainly. Uh, yes. Would you like to speak first, uh, Vice President Martinez? Yes. I don't feel that I can um, listen carefully because I've not had a chance to study this report. Uh, I looked for it uh, during the week and it was not there. So I don't think that I can uh, make any recommendations to the board about this report. And I would suggest that instead of hearing this report today, we defer it to the regular board meeting uh, next week. Is that a motion? Yes. Uh, before we move to the vote of the two of us, I would have just one question, and that is, is there anything specific, Dr. Alamine, that you wanted to point out? I am in the same position, by the way, as Vice President Martinez. Uh, I was not able to see this. It was not posted until today, and I did not have time to read it or review it. Certainly. Um, there is, these are are, I won't call them usual and routine, but a number of these are 
our usual and routine expenditures for the operation departments dealing with instructional supplies. There are our agreements for our utilities payments, which were uh, processed the last month. So these are the usual uh, daily expenditures, operating costs for the district. Um, nothing unusual. The total is roughly about 7.3, almost $7.4 million of uh, contracts and expenditures, which um, we were engaged in for the month of September. Um, my apologies for the delay. There was some confusion between my staff and I. Um, I will accept responsibility for the lateness of it. Um, this will, however, has been prepared and will be uh, updated. There was one thing that was missing, and that is our usual uh, explanation of the fund codes that was missing in staff preparing this. So we'll get that updated and have that ready for your review and discussion this, next week. But no, there's nothing out of the ordinary on this report. Vice President Martinez, I'd also like to comment that uh, it's important not just for the members of this committee, but also the public at large to have access to these reports in a timely manner. And thank you, Dr. Alamine, for your apology. I appreciate it and sure. I can, uh, understand it, but that that underlines the reason why we need to wait so that not only we can be informed, but also the public at large. Mm -hmm. With that, I believe what we're voting on is to move this report to the Board of Trustees meeting next week without a recommendation. Is that correct? Yes. So that's the motion. I will second that. Can you um, please take the vote, Mrs. Esteban? Trustee Martinez? Yes. Trustee Solomon? Yes. The motion passes. Thank you. I uh, meant to note earlier also that... Um, we are not voting on the minutes of the last meeting at this at this meeting because they uh, were not yet available. So we will have to vote on those at our next committee meeting. With that, we will move to item B. Uh, and that is the monthly budget update. Are there any public speakers besides Ms. Atwood on this item? Have any. Okay, so we'll uh, hear the report and then hear from uh, Ms. Atwood. Thank you. All right, Dr. Alamine. Certainly. Um, you have the monthly report in front of you. This is this was run as of October the 30th or October the 3rd. Uh, we basically are still awaiting our September receipts from the state. Um, we have not received any of our apportionment payment as of yet. There was a transaction where some local funds were um, posted to the general fund, which we needed to post those to a different account. Um, you see in the September transaction. Um, but as far as monthly expenditures uh, in the personnel and other categories related to salaries and benefits, um, we are trending as we should at this point in time. Uh, we still are in the process from the purchase order report that you saw. There are a number of contracts and some other expenditures um, which are still waiting to be reflected in our updated report, which are part of the purchase order uh, review and approval. 
So that will be updated in the next monthly report. And then the last item, uh, basically there have been uh, no transfers out. Uh, all of those funds, which are in the 7,000s, are reflected in that bottom line item. Um, the only thing that I would note is that, as you can see from our monthly cash flow, uh, going into our September receipts, um, and based upon the deferred uh, revenue from our from the state, um, we were cash deficient approximately $13.2 million dollars. Um, it's not a concern for us as we do have our cash reserve account, which covers those expenditures until we can get that funding replenished through our apportionment. So that's one of the, uh, one of the reasons why we demonstrate that. So you can see on a monthly basis, the ebb and flows between us being able to pay our obligations or to run a deficit account in any particular fund. So with that, I'll open it up to any questions that you may have. Thank you, Vice President. Yes, um, is this a pattern with the state that the state is late in making its apportionment pay payments uh, or what can explain this? It happens from time to time. Normally they may, they could be a month in arrears. Again, it still, it also depends upon the uh, monthly cash flow that goes into the state treasury. So if there are, and again, because there are, and I do believe, I believe the saw notation, tax proper or income tax receipts were deferred again another month because of the uh, recent storms and other weather incremental items that have impacted Californians. So a lot of it is based upon um, the state revenue and how they receive it, their deferral of it, and without having a sufficient reserve or cash balance, then it's up to districts to figure out how they're going to pay um, their monthly obligations net 30, which is one of the requirements as to why we keep a cash reserve. And if I may, um, what are the what are what is the projection because it, the I thought it might be because of the tax returns. What are the projections, uh, given that the deadline has been extended another month? What are the projections so far that you're hearing in terms of income to the state and then to to us through apportionment? Well, at this point, there hasn't been an updated revenue projection provided by the state to indicate that they would be or, or forecasting a revenue deficit. Uh, keep in mind, our total computational revenue is capped. So that's our total computational revenue. The only thing that would impact that revenue would be if in fact our property tax receipts do not materialize as expected. And as of this point, there's nothing that we have received to indicate that our property tax revenue will suffer a significant shortfall that we need to brace for. But again, property taxes are due and payable in November. So we will know in January, February, where exactly we are with property taxes. And then of course, by April, um, we will know by May and prior to the May revise where our property tax receipts would be. Um, and if there is a short chain, uh, there's a shortfall in those particular funds, um, we will know at those two points in time in order for us to make some adjustments and recommendations to be made to the board. 
I'm concerned about that because the tax bills were late in arriving. Ours just arrived yesterday. And so I'm concerned that those uh, tax bills, which usually arrive earlier, uh, are arriving late in households, especially households having to plan their own budgets. How yeah. will, how will uh, and I'll direct this to the chancellor, if I may. Chancellor, how will we as a board be kept informed about um, projections for state for property taxes and uh, the uh, uh, financial uh, situation at the state level? How, how will we? How will you keep us and the rest of the community informed? Uh, certainly, and we will uh, ultimately pass along any information from the Department of Finance or the State Chancellor's Office. Unfortunately, we don't necessarily have the tools here at the local level uh, to monitor uh, statewide property tax receipts, capital gains, uh, revenues, which are the largest driver of our uh, financial uh, outlook. So ultimately, how the information flows is that the Department of Finance will work with the Chancellor's Office uh, to provide system-wide data. And then when that data is available, it matriculates down to the local level. I think the next benchmark in that information series is the uh, P1 or the period one apportionment, which is typically released in late January, early February. And by that moment in time, we should have a fairly good ideas to the property tax as well as the personal income tax for the fiscal year moving forward. So I think that's really the next benchmark where we'll have definitive information to share. Thank you, Vice President Martinez. I have a few questions, a couple just uh, clarifying questions. In line 3400, Health Dental Life includes all all what? All employees? Give me just one second, please. Sure. Second. Yes, line 3400 includes all of our payments for health, dental, life, um, as well as our active employee OPEP contributions. Okay. I see that um, the percentage of the um, adopted budget is at 11%, which is we're now a quarter of the way through the year based on July, August, September. Uh, so it, and, and for example, STRS is at 24%, which sounds just right. Uh, so how is it to, how is it determined in, in the adopted budget that it would need to be $25.3 million, or what do we expect to happen that uh, at this point we're only it, – it, these benefits have cost less than what I would have expected? Well, Trustee Solomon, we make a lump payment transfer at the end of the year in the month of June and almost $11 million to cover our pay-as-you-go amount. It's not billed monthly, it's billed annually. We pay it during the month of June. We receive a bill for it in April or May. We pay it during June. And we have done that consistently for the past five years. So that's there why you don't that's why you don't see it reflected in the monthly report because it's done in June. If you look at last last year's report, and I could provide that if you need for your review prior to next month's or next week's board meeting, you'll see that in June we made a huge payment. It's a lump sum payment to pay the pay as you go on. 
so we can, based on what you said, this $25.4 million includes what will be paid in the lump sum payment in June? That is correct, yes. Okay, yeah, it would be good to review June's. Yeah, certainly. We, like I said, we've done it for the past five years. Thank you. In line 3600, if you just explain, includes all 36XX, what that means. All 36XX basically deals with all of our, give me just one second, all of our 3600 object codes, which there are several. Um, okay. Apologies as I pull this up. 3600 consists of 3602 workers' comp administrators, 4603 workers' comp stationary engineers. You kind of get the pictures. It's a workers' comp line item for each of our administrative categories, and there are four or five, there's seven. And then it includes also the 3652, which is the employer contribution for OPEP. So that's why we don't list out each of them. The numbers that you see are the summary totals for each of these specific object code categories. All right, my um, final question is about um, Line 3700, SF retirement. Uh, this is also appears and, low for being a quarter through the year. Uh, again, we, we receive monthly bills based upon um, the retirement bills that we receive from the city. Um, the 3700 breakdown, again, there are seven different categories within each of those particular items. Um, and while it is uh, in to date, seems low our accountants do process um the receipts and billing as they come in some of them are a bit late um but at the end of the year this is consistent with what we spent believe we spend roughly the majority of this um spending is in an seiu there may be some minor say given that our seiu estimate is based upon positions where we do have some vacancies but it's not significant but by the end of the year, this number should be close to what we've budgeted for the year, um, taking into account any billings. And again, um, a lot of our billing and accounting receipts and invoices do come late from the city. We don't control it. We simply process these adjustments as they come in and get po as they get posted by the state, I'm sorry, by the city's controller's office, and then we post them then to our general ledger. So they may be a little bit behind in posting. Thank you. Did you have follow-up? That's not it. Just so you know, it's not unusual. We don't get routine monthly. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, we don't get routine monthly invoices on time. I have one more question, either to the chancellor or to you, Dr. Alamine. Mm -hmm. um, and it's based on a question that I received. Uh, or a comment that I received in the last couple of weeks. Uh, it, the, the perception from this person asking me was about OPEB contributions. And the perception was that uh, faculty do not pay, not all faculty pay, pay employee contributions to OPEB. 
and I wanted to make sure that we have a clear understanding of that, uh, Chancellor. Uh, yes, Vice President Martinez, and I will uh, take the first shot at responding, Dr. Alamin, if that's okay. Uh, yes, so all of our uh, active employees do contribute uh, a portion of their annual uh, wages to our uh, OPEB trust as an employee contribution. Uh, the trust language uh, permits uh, that amount or really drives that amount, but then our collective bargaining agreements uh, also uh, factor into that. So the way it stands today, uh, my understanding is that full-time faculty uh, and faculty hired uh, on or before, I believe it's 2009 or 2014. I cannot specifically remember the date, but we can follow up on that. Hired before that date, it's currently 1% of their payroll. Uh, employees hired after have incrementally increased uh, to 2% where I believe uh, other employee groups are headed uh, at that incremental level. Thank you very much. Uh, I think it's important to address these um, perceptions uh, if they may be uh, not completely accurate. So I appreciate you, that, uh, that uh, clarification. Thank you. I am um, not quite prepared uh, with other questions that I have to uh, ask them in a clear enough fashion at the moment. What I uh, intend to do is email them before our next regular board meeting next week. So you have a chance to review the questions before the meeting and that way we can uh, get answers at the meeting. Sure. So I will do that. To, I'll, I'll email them to the chancellor. Yes. And if I may, Trustee Solomon, just to clarify, it is 2014. So okay. Uh, that was going to be one of the to questions. Clarify okay, that, 2004. not 2009. Okay. Thank you. With that, um, at this point, public comment. We don't have any more public comment. Uh, Susanna Atwood. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> so I was looking at her. I, I should have actually said her name <laughs> instead of just looking at her. Thank you, Trustee Solomon and Grace. <laughs> okay, I have three quick ones. One is on the monthly report, and this might be just real picky, but the total amount at the very bottom line uh, has all of, it calls it other outgo and transfers out. And I think we've put, a, I know that we've put a hold on them and everybody realizes that until there's further discussion, but maybe we should call them something different like board designated or unallocated. They're at this point, they're not transfers. Maybe they're proposed transfers or something. The second thing that I wanted to ask about was um, there were several typos, particularly in the transfer section, both of the general fund and also the capital outlay fund. And Adil and I, after the PGC budget meeting, went over them. And so I'm curious if we're going to produce a final budget book without the errors in it. And most of them were actually in last year, but they affect the opening balance for this year in both of those funds significantly. One of them was an error of 10 million in the wrong direction, which ended up making it a $20 million error. So that's just a general question that we follow up and get a, a, the typos fixed out of the budget book that you guys approved. And then the last comment I have kind of goes off of something that, that 
uh, Vice Chancellor Alameen was talking about, last year, because there was a budget deficit, we were promised by the state chancellor's office that we would get a special October or November apportionment report, which normally you wouldn't get that. Um, and that would make a difference on our deficit factor, not for the year we're in, but for the one that ended June 30th. And I'm curious if we've gotten any word from the state chancellor about when we can expect that. I would um, appreciate hearing us about that as well. Do, did, did we get anything from the state chancellor? Yes, it was part of our year-end close. There was a slight... Sorry, let me pull up the... <clears throat> As a part of recal. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Our revenue deficit was roughly, it was less than a percent. So it was roughly about $1.4 million as of our 2023 recalc. And that was a part of our year-end close adjustments in summary. It started off at the end of the year a little bit higher, but there was backfill of majority of the funds, but there was a slight revenue deficit. Um, I have a request. Um, it was very helpful for me as a new trustee to get a print copy of the budget. Um, I still have the binder, so I don't need a new binder. But if I could get once these typos are taken care of, could we, um, I would appreciate and, and I don't know if the other trustees would also appreciate having a print copy of the adopted budget. Um, again, I don't need the binder, but it'd be nice if it were hole punched. <laughs> Thank you. And I think I would appreciate that as well. With that, I believe we are at the, those were the two reports on the agenda. There are no other items uh, for, although I do want to turn to the trustees, uh, trustees Chisty and Chung, since you're here, did you have any questions? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. With that, any um, uh, recommendations for future agenda items? Did you have any? I don't at this time as well as either, except for the questions that will be for next Friday, next Thursday, actually. Um, I just want to note, and it was not I who took notice. It was uh, another party who took notice. I believe our committee will not uh, meet in November or December. Correct. Uh, but I personally would be open to a meeting, should it be necessary, to a committee meeting, should it be necessary, especially as we get updated information. That wasn't a motion, but I second it. <laughs> I agree. I would do the same. With that, um, we are adjourned. <laughs>